Hi everyone! Welcome to My Inquiring Mind. I'm your host, Kate Kroom. Easter is just a week away, and my husband and I are actually going to be taking a small getaway. Instead of skipping the episode this week, I decided I was going to do it and release it out early for you guys as a bonus episode. Easter is this week, and I found a story about an Easter bunny. But don't get it twisted. It wouldn't be a My Inquiring Mind episode without a little bit of bizarre and a little bit of creepy. I'm not here to deliver the happy songs about Peter Cottontail hopping down the bunny trail. This story is about a creep that dressed up in an Easter bunny costume and he became what is known today as the bunny man. This is an urban legend. Just like many urban legends, it's mostly storytelling with a little bit of truth to it. This legend is said to be based on a story which involves a bus crash full of residents from an insane asylum. All of the residents were found and taken back into custody safely, except for one. Already, if you're a horror movie lover like me, just from what I've already told you, it should sound very familiar to you. It sounds like a scene straight out of the Halloween movies when Michael Myers and his fellow insane asylum residents are being transported by bus and the bus actually crashes and the residents escape. They're walking all over the road in the middle of the night, and it's just super eerie. In the more recent depiction of the film in 2018, this little boy and his dad are driving in his dad's truck at night. All of a sudden, they come to a halting stop because there's a crashed bus on the side of the road. A bunch of criminally insane people who escaped the bus are walking aimlessly in the road. The dad gets out, and he tells the boy to stay in the truck and call 911. You hear the dad get out of the truck and he approaches the patients asking them if they are okay. Meanwhile, the boy is sitting in the passenger seat of the truck. The insane asylum residents are walking all around the truck. One even hits the boy's window and it scares him. The boy does eventually call 911 where he tells them that there's been an accident with a bus and there's just people walking all over the road. He goes on to tell them that his dad got out of the truck and he's going to check out if everything is okay. The 911 operator proceeds to ask him where they are, and he says he doesn't know, but then he says, hold on, I'll go check. He then grabs a shotgun, which is laying on the seat of the truck, and he gets out. He's walking in the headlights of the truck, and of course it's nighttime and it's foggy, and he can't see anything. He's calling out, trying to figure out where his dad is, and also see at the same time where they are. As he walks, he finds a man presumably someone that was staffed at the asylum or maybe the bus driver, and he asks him if he's okay because he's laying on the road face down. The man sits up and he has blood on his face and the boy says, oh my gosh, hold on, I'm going to go get my dad for help. And the man just yells at him like, no, just run. The boy does take off running. He's calling out for his dad when he hears movement in the bus that's crashed just off the side of the road. Just like horror movie fashion, the boy decides to go check out the noise. So he gets on the bus and he wants to know if it's his dad that he hears in there and a man pops up and he says, don't shoot. But when he says that, he scares the boy and the boy turns and he actually shoots him with the shotgun and he gets freaked out because he just shot someone. He runs off the bus and back to the truck. When he gets back inside, Michael Myers is in the backseat of the truck. I'll spare everyone the details, but he does kill the little boy. This story has absolutely nothing to do with Halloween or Michael Myers, but the way that it is set up with the insane asylum and the bus crashing, 
instantly reminds me of Halloween and Michael Myers, so I just had to set the scene for you. It seems awfully similar to me. But anyways, back to this bunny man legend. It is said that there was an asylum and it was located between Clifton and Fairfax Station, Virginia in like this wooded area that separated the two towns. The asylum was closing, so that meant that the residents had to be transported to Lorton Prison. Um, Of course, they were going to Lorton Prison by bus, and Lorton Prison was located in Lorton, Virginia, which was only about a 20 to 30 minute drive away. So to me, that makes the story even more crazy, you know? How much can go wrong in a 20 minute drive? Well, apparently a lot. The bus swerves and it crashes. All of the inmates escape, but they were able to capture them all safely, except for the one. This one would go on to be known as the Bunny Man because of all of these revolting things that he would have been set to do. True or not, you'll have to decide for yourself. So sit back and hold on tight. This is the urban legend of the Bunny Man. time with urban legends it's mostly the storytelling but sometimes there's a little bit of truth to the stories the tale of the bunny man isn't just eerie it's bizarre and it's creepy there's several versions of this legend on the internet most of them involve a grown man wearing an easter bunny costume who attacks people with an axe or a hatchet i know it's not very religious, it's not very happy, it's not very eastery, but that's what we're working with. Most of the stories occur around a southern railway overpass near Clifton, Virginia, which is sometimes referred to as Bunny Man Bridge. In fact, if you Google map it, it will say Bunny Man Bridge. The bridge's original name is Colchester Overpass, and it was built in 1906 near the site of Sangster Station, which was a Civil War area of railroad station. Because of its association with the legend, the overpass is a popular destination for paranormal enthusiasts, ghost hunters, curiosity seekers. As with anything spooky, the interest in this story, and particularly the bridge itself, seems to increase every year around Halloween time. So starting in 2003, local authorities actually had to begin controlling access to the area because of ridiculous crowds flocking to the area. In fact, during Halloween of 2011, over 200 people some from far away as the Pennsylvania-Maryland state line, were turned away during a 14-hour traffic checkpoint just to go visit this bridge. Versions of this urban legend vary in the bunny man's name, his motives, his weapons, his victims, the description of his bunny costume, or sometimes lack thereof, 
And in some accounts, the bunny man's ghost is said to come out of his place of death each year at Halloween to commemorate his passing. And for decades, the legend of the bunny man has been super popular with Virginia fear seekers. This particular version showed up in an undergraduate paper in 1973 at the University of Maryland. Over the years, the legend has obviously evolved and changed, but the story is still generally the same, which is this. In the early 20th century, deep in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station, there was an asylum for the insane. At some point, the asylum closed and the residents were piled into a bus bound for Lorton Prison. On the way there, the bus swerved and crashed. Many of the convicts escaped but were caught, except for one, a man by the name of Douglas Grifton. While searching for him, authorities found a trail of half-eaten and gutted bunnies, many of them hanging from what was then called the Fairfax Station Bridge. For months, the police searched for Grifton, but he was never found. Some time goes by, and on Halloween night, several teens were supposedly hanging out under the Fairfax Station Bridge. The story goes that at the stroke of midnight, they were attacked. The next morning, they were found hanging from the bridge, killed in the same manner that the bunnies were that were found by investigators. To this day, it's said that if you are at Bunnyman Bridge at midnight, you too will meet the bunny man and have that same fate. I have photos of the bridge and it exists in real life and I'm going to post them on social media for you guys to see. What it looks like is, it's, I don't know, it's one of those like very old stone bridges that usually has just like a train track going over it and then underneath it's just like a single lane but at this particular bridge it looks like it's in a park now so there's a train that goes over the top and then underneath of it it's like a half circle cut out where there's like a walking trail. There's actually a bridge like this on the outskirts of where I live just outside of town where you start to enter the country. It's kind of like where all the cornfields are. It's just in the middle of an actual road. So there's like a two-lane road, and then there's just this little one-lane bridge that you have to drive under. And on top of it, there's an active train track. So you just kind of have to drive through it at the right time and hope that nobody else is coming through on the other side at the same time that you are. I don't usually go that way hardly at all, and if I do, it's only because there's a train and that's an easy way to go under and around if you're in a rush or if you don't want to wait. So this whole urban legend about a man dressed up as the Easter Bunny kind of reminds me a lot, actually, about these weird incidents that kept happening a few years back. If you're not in the States, you might not have heard about it. I don't know. But if you're in the States, you definitely probably heard about it. If you're in Ohio, you definitely heard about it. There were these people that were dressing up as clowns just to scare and torture people and they would stand on the side of the road and wave at people or on the edge of the woods and just stare at them. They were coming into people's backyards, they were looking on their windows, they were just being creepy. It was just like weird, like people all over the place were doing this, it was like a creepy trend or something. I hate clowns so I was terrified and at the time I was working in graphic design and some nights I would be the only one to close up. Nearby there were woods and I always looked at the edge of the woods to make sure there were no clowns when I had to leave by myself. I'm talking like these people were dressed in the full-blown like creepy clown costumes that people get for Halloween. It was just totally bizarre. So that's how this version of the urban legend originally started but it's just a story, right? Well, to an extent. 
On October 18th of 1970, the Washington Post reported that Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée were sitting in a car on the 5400 block of Guinea Road in Fairfax. They were on the side of the road around midnight, and they were returning home from a football game. Now, they were parked close to Bennett's uncle's house, which is who they just so happened to be visiting at the time. Why they didn't just park at his house and why they were parked on the street and what they were doing in the car, I don't know. But as they were parked there, that's when they said that they heard and saw something moving around the outside of the rear window. A man dressed in a white Easter bunny suit with long bunny ears appeared. Just moments later, the man in the bunny suit smashed in the front passenger window where Bennett's fiance was sitting. The man in the bunny suit then yelled at the couple that they were on private property and that he had taken down their tag number. I'm assuming he meant their license plate when he said the tag number, I don't know. When this happens, Bennett decides to take off down the road back towards his uncle's house, and that is when his fiance discovers that there's a hatchet on the car floor right near her feet. Luckily, neither of them was hurt. When the hatchet was examined by the police, no evidence was really found. When they asked Bennett to give a description of the man, he once again stated he was wearing a white Easter Bunny costume with floppy ears. How creepy. Several years later, the now-married couple was tracked down in hopes of either confirming or denying this incident, and they in fact confirmed it. They even still had the hatchet that was thrown at them. While they didn't particularly want to talk about the incident, their aunt was able to confirm that something definitely happened because she's the one that helped them after the incident. She stated that she vividly remembers combing glass from the shattered car window out of the girl's hair. According to an October 31st Washington Post article, on the evening of October 29th, 1970, so just days after this first incident happened, the bunny man showed up again, this time just one block away from his original sighting in Kings Park West on Guinea Road. Private construction security guard Paul Phillips noticed the bunny man on the front porch of a new but still unoccupied house holding an axe. According to the article, Phillips described what happened next as, quote, I started talking to him, and that's when he started chopping at the porch post with a long-handled axe, saying, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you in your head. Phillips said that he guessed that the man was about 5'8", and he weighed maybe 175 pounds, and he said just by the way he was acting, he thought that he had to be a younger gentleman, probably in his 20s, possibly. And then he said the man was wearing a gray, black, and white bunny costume. Just like the first time an investigation was started, but it quickly ended due to lack of evidence. In the weeks following these two incidents, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen this quote-unquote bunny man. And in 1973, a student at the University of Maryland by the name of Patricia Johnson submitted a research paper that chronicled 54 different variations of just these two incidents. That's the point where you kind of start to wonder how much is true, how much has been flipped, maybe it's not even true at all. These stories, while true or not, are truly horrifying. Imagine a person in a full-blown bunny costume harassing you or destroying your property, it would piss you off and it would also scare the shit out of you. What kind of deranged person dresses as an Easter bunny to torture people? 
Because it was never proven to be true, there are obviously no photos of the quote-unquote real bunny man out there, but the way I picture him is, you know, those creepy vintage Easter bunny pictures that circulate the internet this time of year? They're usually photos of creepy and horrible Easter bunny costumes with terrified children sitting on their laps crying. You know, like the mall Easter bunny photo, except horribly done and scary. Yep, that's how I picture him. Except, you know, with an axe and toe. To this day, no one knows who the bunny man was or what motivated him. Did he live nearby and was he just some angry guy that was upset that the new houses were being built? Maybe he didn't like that more people were moving into this once quiet countryside. But why the creepy bunny costume? Or was he in fact Douglas Griffin, the escaped and never found asylum inmate? So enjoy Easter with your family, stay safe, celebrate Easter, whatever Easter means to you, whether it's a religious holiday or a holiday where you get to eat Reese's and Cadbury eggs, just make sure you steer clear from any creepy Easter bunnies. Happy Easter, everyone. Bye!